3: Welcome to Hello Somebody, a production of the Black Effect Network on iHeartMedia. Before we begin, I want to give some thanks to our team. Thank you, Grace and Co. for our graphics, Pepper Chambers for writing, Angelo Greco and Anna Mesa for managing our social media, Tiffany Hale for everything, Erica England for Patreon support, and our production team at Large Media. That's L-A-R-J-Media.com. Also, let me tell you what we have going on over at Patreon. Patreon is like our family, where you can become a member and get access to every episode commercial-free, plus videos of inspiration from yours truly, merchandise deals, and a lot more. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Somebody and become a member today. All proceeds from Patreon go to support the production of this podcast. that recorder going so good to have you all so we're rolling with ST. it is nighttime and we're rolling and i'm rolling right now in cleveland but i'm rolling with dr victoria dooley who is in the great state of michigan and rolling with erica england who is in dc baby so we rolling we're rolling virtually even though i'm physically rolling And we are talking about COVID, the COVID virus and the impact that it is having on us both as individuals and as a community, as a nation and as a world. And Dr. Victoria Dooley, who is no stranger to Hello Somebody, she is our resident MD. She's going to talk about this and talk to people about what she's seeing, what she's hearing from a professional standpoint. And then Erica, England is going to talk about it from the perspective of a college student. It is all of those perspectives that will pull and bring us together, and hopefully we're going to learn something from one another on this journey, and we're all on it. People are experiencing the COVID virus in different ways for people who are blessed enough to have some stability in their homes and in their lives. This is still hard. And it is especially hard for our sisters and brothers across the world who don't have as much stability and it weighs on people psychologically and physically. It is very, very draining. And I just know that social scientists are going to have a lot to say about the impact that this virus has had on us as human beings. And then there are lots of variances going on that I want Dr. Dooley to talk about. I, mean, I read about the variants in South Africa. We got a variance in Brazil. So, Can we just start and talk about what the variances mean? I know for a lot of people who are non-medical, they might not know what that means to, Absolutely.
4: to them. Um, well, there are numerous different strains are emerging, and this is not anything that's new. When you think about something that like the flu Um, the flu can change from year to year and that's why you get the flu shots every year if you choose to get that because there might be different strains going around that year compared to last year so we try to predict and give you the vaccine that'll cover the most likely strains that are going around so it's not new that a virus is changing a little bit um and There is a new variant that they just found in California, which um, we're still learning about it, but that may be part of the reason why it's so bad down there. Part of the reason, not all of the reason. And we believe that some of the different strains might be a little bit more contagious. Um, But again, what's happening with this virus is not something that's completely new. And it's not something that uh, doesn't happen with viruses before we found out about this particular COVID virus.
3: So, doc, a variance in layman's term is it is it it, is it is it right to call it a strain?
4: Yeah, there are different strains. It it mutates, so uh, it does mutate, but usually not a ton. Um, It slowly goes through different mutations that change the virus a little bit as it mutates, and so it is mutating and changing a little bit from place to place. Um, but again, this happens to all sorts of viruses, so it's not anything new. The biggest worry would be if it mutates so much that the the mutated strain isn't uh, susceptible to our current vaccines. That would be our biggest sure. worry. But so far, um, I know Moderna is working on another vaccine that they're gonna say is like a booster to help with some of those different strains but to my knowledge Pfizer Um, has said that their vaccine should work. I haven't heard from the California strain because that's new. But uh, Pfizer did some studies, uh, a couple of those strains that we are worried about, the newer ones, they said their vaccine should still be pretty effective. So a virus mutating, a different strain is not a concern unless the vaccine that we have now is no longer going to work against it. But the good thing about this new vaccine technology that we use to make the COVID vaccine is they can pretty rapidly make a new vaccine to cover new strains if that's something that they need to do.
3: Okay. So just for people, just to get an understanding of the facts, because there are a lot of, that's a lot of misinformation out there and people just don't know this is new because it's a pandemic. We haven't had a pandemic like this in the world uh, since the early 1900s. So we can understand why there's a lot of misinformation out there. Having different variants and or strains is not new. Viruses mutate. It is in the natural order of things for viruses to mutate. Is that right, Doc? That is correct. Okay, so viruses mutate. This is not unusual. It's just the pandemic nature of this is what is causing a lot of pressure points for humanity to to be able to deal with. And the medical community and whether that it are whether that's pharmaceutical companies or doctors or nurses or other researchers are out there researching day in and day out to try to find a way to tame this virus. Absolutely is that, a good way to what, that is one hundred percent
4: on point as usual, I said to you okay.
3: <laughs> and so the complexity of this is not lost on any of us but this is not new in human in human existence is that no. a fair thing to say yes okay so folks understand this and and please don't fall for the the it's, it's very easy to kind of get caught up so this is natural it's in nature now it it, it is harmful it's uncomfortable But these kinds of things happen in nature and you have people out there using their skills and their abilities to try to tame this virus as much as we can. And let's hope that it is tamed at some point. That's really what we're working towards. We're working towards herd immunity.
4: Yes. And can I just add, if you don't mind,
3: that it will not
4: (laughs) be the last pandemic that occurs, if we don't have a Green New Deal and do something about climate change, global warming, climate change, um, things that are disrupting the habitats uh, uh, of uh, the animals that we have, if we do not do something to take better care of our environment and to support it, we are absolutely, something like this can absolutely happen again. So it's very important to take care of Mother
3: Earth. Amen to that. Thank you for that, Doc. I get it. So let me, let's pull in Erica. Doc, I'm coming back to you because I'm just telling you, it's just wild. I I just, I just feel heavy because there is a lot of misinformation out there and people are, some people are primed to, from this was man made to Mm -hmm. Jesus. I mean, it's just bothering me. So I'm glad that we're having this conversation so people can get the facts about it and that doesn't mean that we won't be unsure or nervous but it is important to check the resources and not fall for all of the conspiracy theories that are out there at this scary time and this is a scary time and so I get it so doc I'm coming back to you time and time again so Erica England, you are a college student at Howard University in the Mm -hmm. District of Columbia and in your experience experience as a younger person dealing with not just the pandemic itself but also can you share how you how you navigate flu and any other health concerns that you may have when it comes how is the long way for me to say how is this pandemic impacting you as a college student and what other what things do you hear from some of your colleagues who are in college as well
5: so as a college student, I think I'm being affected in a lot in a lot of the ways that people that are not college students are being affected, affected but on a broader scale. So I've had issues within my family. Um, I just found out actually 30 minutes before this call that my cousin has COVID, just tested positive for COVID. And then also I've had, um, I'm I'm a daughter of an immigrant. Um, My dad's from Sierra Leone. So my family in Sierra Leone, they've been telling me about their struggles um, dealing with the pandemic as well. Um, I've had students or um, other colleagues in my classes that have um, had issues with COVID, have had parents, grandparents uh, pass away from COVID. And it's very, it's very strenuous um, to be taking on like a full course load. And then a lot of students are still working because we can't afford college to begin with. And also on top of that are in a pandemic. I know um, just to be a bit personal um, for this semester, um, in order to register for classes for this semester, I had to empty out a good chunk of my savings account um, just so I could afford Howard this year. Um, I'm, this should be my last year at Howard. So I'm tr- I'm at the, almost at the finish line. And it's difficult because a lot of people have been laid off or uh, not working right now. And if you're a working student like I've always been, it's just that much harder to um, try to have income coming in, trying to make sure your family is OK and your friends are OK and um, trying to be a good student.
3: My God, the economic burden of this. And that's why another policy that we support and push for is college for all. Don't even get us started on that. You should not have to empty out your bank account to be able to go to college. It really is a shame. And and you're sharing what's happening to your family in Sierra Leone is important because sometimes we can forget that other people are going through that this is a global pandemic. And in the words of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. What affects one directly affects us all indirectly. And that pandemic is showing that. And in countries where they might not have as much as we do as a hegemon nation, we have to remember that other people and other nations are going through and they may not have the same resources that we have. So I'm so glad that, that, that you shared that part too, because a lot of us may never ever get to Sierra Leone and you're the closest thing to the experience because you have family members there and and you can talk about it. So you are being a college student does not, you you might have a unique experience in terms of being a college student, but on the human side, you're enduring. You have family members who have struggles just like anybody else, whether they're college students or not. So thanks for sharing that um, with us. And I just I, I just hate to hear it because the suffering is so... We have to deal with the pandemic in the way that we got to deal with climate chaos. We got to deal with it as a world and not just as a country. So it's so important.
0: A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the tonne.
3: Doc, I want to come back to you. Uh, Practice medicine. License to practice medicine. I think oftentimes we forget the word practice. Mm -hmm. That people expect all of the answers to be had right now. And if the answers are not had right now, then there's suspicion. Especially if they're already predisposed Mm -hmm. to be suspicious in in any way. Can you just remind us? about the art, that medicine is both the an art and a science, and that there is a reason why it's licensed to practice medicine? <laughs> Absolutely. Um,
4: it, it is practicing medicine. You, you do um, continuously learn and grow. Any board-certified physician has to do continuing education as part of your licensure, this part is maintaining your license. You have to do some continuous education. And then of course, when there's new things like this coronavirus, um, we are going to be learning as we go. Um, some of the good news is even though it is still bad out there, we're not getting enough vaccines in people, still bad out there. We are better learning how to care for people who have this illness. Um, so we're learning a lot. Um, to, to learning better ways to manage people to hopefully decrease the amount of people who are dying from this virus. Um, but yes, it is medicine is an art. Um, you are practicing medicine because you're supposed to be continually learning and growing and part of maintaining your license and being board certified uh, mandates that you stay active in that learning and training.
3: And for people who believe that just because all the answers are not held now that there's something funny going on, what would you say to those? <laughs> this
4: people? is a brand new virus for us, a brand new virus. So um, just like any, there's a learning curve, just like when anything new comes out. I mean, it, when my kids get the new video games, you know, they're not, it takes them a while to figure it out, the tricks and, you know, and to get really good at it. So it is a brand new virus um, that is new to us. And we as healthcare providers are continually learning about it. And another thing in medicine, um, in order to implement strategies on a scale scale, right? We have to have trials and studies that prove that they're worthwhile. Because remember, ultimately, we take an oath to do no harm. So we don't want to be intentionally doing things that are harmful for, to people. So with medicine, we have to, um, as, as we're learning, we have to have trials and and to, to develop evidence that a policy is good and not harmful um, especially when you're talking about brand new illnesses so there is there's nothing fishy about the fact that we are constantly learning about a brand new virus that's just the way medicine works
3: yeah and thank god that we do have more technology and we did 20 years ago 40 years ago 80 years ago mm-hmm. that we can fight not just this pandemic or tame it if you will but uh, other frontiers in medicine, too, because of technology, Erica, college yes. student fears. And this is not just so I shouldn't say I'm not saying this just because you are a college student, but you bring a certain perspective because you are in college and you are at the at the at the dawn, you know, of your of, of, of who you are as a as a as a young lady, as a scholar, as a person in the world, can you share with us some of the fears that you may have and anything that you've heard from your from your peers in college about uh not just about the pandemic but about taking vaccinations in general are there, is there any any yeah tell us tell us about that
5: so I would first like to start by saying that um yeah, I'm a college student. I'm also an older college student, I guess, compared to some of my uh, peers. Um, I will be 30 years old next month. And I have never even had a flu shot. Oh my. So I've, I've never even had a flu shot. Why? So, Why? Um, I think there's probably a little bit of just ingrained fear around, um, medicine, not to say that I don't go to the doctor. Cause I feel like I do, um, go to the doctor when I need to, um, yearly checkups. Um, now that I have um, access to health insurance. Um, cause growing up, I, I didn't always have access to health insurance. Um, there was quite a few periods in my life up until now where I didn't have uh, health insurance. So I just didn't go. Um, yes. And I think there's also, um, there's like this um, ingrained fear almost, I think for a lot of black people when it comes to the healthcare industry. It's like this historical like healthcare betrayal that a lot of us feel Um, when you talk about things like the Tuskegee experiment and um, just the way um, black people and other minority groups have been treated when it comes to like health crises or um, anything in the industry or even just access to just preventative care. Um, there's been a lot of um, discrepancies in the system. So um, I think it's like, it has to just be an ingrained fear because I, um, I mentioned this um, to another colleague of mine, how even on um, Bernie's campaign, um, I helped to sign in and check in people for a flu clinic that we had in the office. And yet and still, I did not get a flu vaccine. So um, I think that, that speaks maybe to some of my fear around vaccinations. I've only ever had vaccinations that were required of me. So I got my vaccinations to start school when I was starting kindergarten. I got vaccinations again when I left to go to Howard. And the only other vaccination that I've ever received was the yellow fever vaccine when I went with my dad to Sierra Leone. So if it wasn't required of me, then I wasn't getting it. I'm still, even when Crest white strips came out for your teeth, I was skeptical of that. Cause <laughs> I just said, how are you erasing 40 years of being a chain smoker an avid coffee drinker off your teeth in one hour. How are you doing that? I, I didn't even trust. I didn't even trust Crest white Trust the Crest. Markers. I didn't. I didn't.
4: Doc, would,
5: you, would you trust
4: Crest Black Strips?
3: <laughs> what? Well. <Ba-dum, ba-dum>, <laughs>
0: what would you like, say?
3: Say. What, what do you say to people who feel the same way that Erica does? I mean, she's again a very young person talking when she's old she's a very young person and she hasn't even (laughs) taken the flu shot and i don't get any indication that she even gonna try to take that flu shot anytime soon so what do you i'm sure you come across people like eric she is not unique in that she's unique but not in how she her fear of vaccination what do you say to people when when you hear this
4: I will say that Miss Erica, even though she hasn't got her flu vaccine, she has gotten a lot of vaccines, it sounds like, um, because college (laughs) makes you require it. Um, I've never had the yellow vaccine, yellow fever vaccine. She may have even had more vaccines to me. I'm just, been me. I'm just saying. Um, (laughs) So she has, and and it sounds like, hopefully, it sounds like you did pretty, pretty well after those vaccines. Most of them did pretty good. So so that's a plus as well. So the thing is, there are tons of reasons why African-Americans do not trust the medical professionals. There's evidence that shows when Black patients from infants to adults, when they have a Black doctor, a doctor that looks like them, they usually have better health outcomes. And I'm not saying that white doctors, all white doctors are bad and can't give a Black person adequate care. I am not saying that, but I'm saying that it's easier for Black patients to establish rapport and to trust doctors that look like them. So that's why we need to um, make college and uh, public colleges and universities free because it should not cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to become a doctor. And many people of color do not have that generational wealth um, and that privilege that many, not all, that many white people have. So. I am pretty good about convincing most of my patients, like Miss Erica, to get vaccines. And it's nothing magic. It's because my patients trust me. And I'm the type of doctor that if I sense that you're not, you don't trust me or we don't really have a good rapport, I can smoothly you know, suggest that maybe you might find somebody else that's good for you. Because when I go to work, I go to work to, to help people and uh, empower people. I'm not going there solely to chase the dollar. So if I feel like you would have a better outcome with another provider, I'm gonna find a way to politely tell you that because ultimately I care about you more than about your dollars. So when my patients come in, most of the time they trust me, we establish good rapport And I address their concerns, not in a condescending manner. I acknowledge that their concerns are valid. Now, if it was something totally off the wall, like, you know, the microchip thing or whatever, (laughs) I, I might not agree that that concern is valid. But most of the time, people have valid concerns. Some of the common ones are mercury. They think all vaccines have mercury. That's not true. So I say, you know, I ask them, I always ask, what is your reason for not getting this vaccine specifically? I'm just, you know, curious, picking your brain. So if they say, well, you know, they got mercury in these vaccines. I think that mercury causes autism. I'm just going to tell them, I'm just going to drop the facts. Vaccines don't cause autism and mercury in my office, I don't keep any vaccines that have, it's not even mercury, it's thiamersol, it's a preservative in them. I don't keep them in my office, not because I believe that the thiomersal is so bad, it's because I know patients believe that it's bad. Yeah. So I pay extra, I pay, physically pay extra for vaccines. And as a primary care doctor, you could lose money on vaccines. It's not a money making business. So I pay extra to make sure I keep Uh, mercury-free vaccines in my office. And then when I explain that to them, you know, that might be a reason to get it. And then I also say, you know, I'm a mother too. Um, I'm a mother. And before I'm a doctor, I'm a mother. And there was another new vaccine. It was the HPV vaccine, which is not even that new, but one of the relatively new compared to measles and everything. And I let them know when that vaccine came out, I researched it. But my research as a doctor is different than research as a layperson. I researched it. And I made a decision whether or not I was gonna give it to my sons. And after I researched it, I decided I was, and it was very important and excited. So when I talk to them and say, look, I'm just not a doctor, I'm a mother, I'm a human being, um, and address their concerns, um, because I have scientific facts to address almost every concern that they have. I have a high um, likelihood of changing people's mind that look like me. I don't do it every time, but my medical assistant who is not a person of cover, color, she always will say they refuse the vaccine, but you're probably going to make them change their mind. She says that because she she doesn't, she thinks I got this magic, you know, to just make people change their mind. But my magic is I establish a good rapport with these people. I look like these people. Um, these people trust me and I address their concerns in a non-condescending manner with facts.
3: It's so So. important that the word non-condescending and taking into consideration how they're feeling and thinking.
0: A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
6: podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave.
1: start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts
3: all right eric england so what say you i mean you and <laughs> not oh i'm not gonna put you on the spot here so let me rephrase rethink what i was gonna say to you the, the reason now that you have, and I love how you said access to health care insurance. You see, we all of we, we get that, the health care insurance that we're trying to change so that people have health care. Is it, are you fearful of the side effects? I mean, what, what is it? Why, why, and, and do you think you would change your mind anytime soon to get the flu vaccine and even in this moment take the COVID vaccination?
5: So I'll start with the fearful part. Um, I think part of the fearful part with um, vaccinations and going to the doctor is as a student and not even as a student is the um, access to insurance Um, because the only reason I have health insurance is because I'm a student. And um, I was talking with my primary care physician at Howard um about getting I've been covid tested twice now so far um but I think there was a gap in my coverage from like semester to semester so I'm not even sure if when I got the covid test the first time if I if my health insurance was covered then cuz they accepted my um insurance card but they didn't tell me if like they didn't tell me there was anything wrong so I assumed everything was okay with my coverage now I'm finding out that it's possible that I wasn't um, insured at the moment that I went to get the COVID test the first time. So part yeah. of it is mm-hmm. is financial and I am i haven't received a bill for it yet, but I have no idea what it's gonna look like. They told me when I, cause I went to an urgent care to get it. They told me that the vaccine itself was free cause I got it in Maryland, in the state of Maryland but they told me the, because a doctor or a nurse had to administer it to me, there was a fee connected to that, and I'm not sure they were unable to tell me about how much that would cost. So I kind of went wait, into wait, that wait, line. Wait, wait, wait,
3: wait, 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 Erica, let me get this straight. Who's supposed to administer it? A cartoon character? I don't. Know. I mean, because a doctor or a nurse <laughs> administered it, you have to pay. I, I was like, give me the Q-tip. I'll stick it up my own
5: nose if you, Jesus. if that will lessen the the um the bill Boss. like i'll put yeah, it in that my is- cell <laughs> <laughs> right if right that right it would help but that's what they told me um so they said well we'll just send you the bill later so i i really don't still don't know what that bill looks like um oh, i've been a little afraid to check the mail so
4: that's an extremely valid concern erica extremely valid for the covid test because This COVID test are going to be all free nonsense. It's not true. I once paid $200 for a free COVID test because I went to the drive up at the ER. So, since I went to the drive up at the ER, I have a $200 ER um, deductible. So, I had to pay $200 for my free COVID test. However, I will say every time I've gotten it anywhere else, I have not gotten a bill. I will say that. And I also will say with the COVID vaccine, as of right now, it is free dollars. Um, They're not charging administration fees. Um, I had that nobody that I know, none of my patients, not myself, nobody is being charged for the COVID vaccine. They're not getting uh, charged that administration fee, Um, which like I said, um, in medicine, vaccines are not a high-profit uh, thing. And certain vaccines, I literally will lose some money on them, depending on how much the insurance company re- reimburses. And, you know, because we have a 50, 11 different insurances, they all pay different. Um, so there is a small administration fee involved with vaccines sometimes. And if it is, it's always less than $100. If it is maybe which I know $100 is not, you know, cheap for somebody who's going to college or struggling, but usually it's closer to like 20, to $40. So with the COVID vaccine right now, there should be you could safely at least be free of all fears of cost.
3: Oh, Lord. And I hope that's correct. You know, we're covering a lot of ground tonight. I mean, just talking about fears, talking about the practice of medicine, uh, talking about viruses and how they mutate. And they've been here as long as probably pr- before humankind existed. I mean, they're they're part of the ecosystem. It just doesn't normally affect us in this kind of deep way, the way the COVID-19 is. I mean, we're covering a lot. And it just, to me, the moral of this, there are lots of morals of the story, but I'm going to pick one, at least for this session, of our series. And we want everybody to know we are having, Hello Somebody is, is we're going to have a series about COVID, is impact on your life and psychologically and physically and mentally and everything. And we're just hoping that you learn that you, from, from segment to segment, that you learn something new that you didn't know before. But I will say, for me, and 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 as we close out until next time, I, I want Erica and both Dr. Dooley to talk about what they think the moral of the story is. And this conversation is very fascinating conversation that we're having about COVID. For me, the moral of the story is we need damn Medicare for all. That is the moral of the story. <laughs> Hell, that's going to be the agree. moral of the story for everything I talk about when it's COVID related. <laughs> Erica E., what, what's the moral of this, this story for you in this moment?
5: I would agree. I I do think we need Medicare for all. Um, Like as I mentioned before, like there's been a lot of times where I did not have access to health care because I didn't have health insurance. And then after turning 26, you know, aging out of the system and not um, being able to be on my um, my mother's health care plan anymore. And then once again, being able to have access because um, I was enrolled in school. So it's it's been difficult for other students like myself who maybe because of COVID weren't able to pay for a semester or weren't able to return to school um, this school year. And so they also don't have access to um, to health insurance if they were getting their health insurance through the school. Um, so I think the moral of the story, I would agree, is, um,
3: yes, uh, we need Medicare for all we need medicare for all and Erica you also bring up another point about the parent thing so uh, the affordable care act was certainly a very good start it is not it does not go far enough and so when i think about your peers people who are in your generation your age group yes Met, uh, affordable care act 26 and younger however think about the people who either age out like you did and or do not have a parent or parents who have the type of job that has health care, they just SOL. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it definitely makes no sense to me that in a hegemon nation like this, that we're still having this kind of damn conversation when we have other industrialized nations who are not as wealthy as we are and they provide some type of uni- universal health care for their, for their citizens, for the people in their country. Moral of the story, Medicare for all. Dr. Dooley, what's your moral of this particular story? For now well, it, it might, it as may change. you know
4: my name is dr victoria medicare for all duly <laughs> <laughs> so obviously that's super important to me but let's talk about some other reasons why pertaining to this pandemic um covid doesn't care if you're documented or undocumented so you can't say we can have a system where we're only going to give uh the vaccines and only going to give um health care to documented people, because what do you think is sure. going to happen? The people who are left out, they're going to spread these commutative, communicative illnesses to people who do have health insurance. So yes, all means all. We have to be all inclusive. And when you think about vaccines specifically, um, I will say as a mother, and I'm not talking about, you know, black people, we have a lot of, a lot of different reasons to be um, suspicious of the the medical community, but a lot of times, aversion or fear of vaccine is a learned behavior, and I say that because I tell my, told my son, he has asthma, I said, you get a flu vaccine every year, I don't want to hear, it. don't give me no lip, that's just the way it is, because um, I've known a physician who lost her child to flu because they got flu before they got the flu vaccine. So I always give it to them early in the season. And I said, if my child is gonna die from something, they are not gonna die from a vaccine preventable illness. So I told my son this a long time ago, He's little, you get the flu shot every year, it's not negotiable, deal with it. If I forget when school starts to, to get them their flu shot appointment, he reminds me, mom, back to school, I need my flu shot. So a part of it is learned. And if you do believe in vaccines as parents, you just gotta lay it down for your kids and, and don't make it seem like something big, bad and scary. I know kids don't like being poked, but um, like I said, you just gotta train them that this is what we do, especially with children. So I'm, I'm more you know a little bit more stricter about vaccinating children than parents or adults, because you're an adult, make your own decision. But like I said, to lose your child to a vaccine-preventable illness is one of the, one of the worst ways that you could lose your child from something that could have been completely preventable. So yes, I am absolutely uh, believing that the moral of the story is Medicare for all, all means all. It has no, nothing to do with your documentation status. It has nothing to do with nothing. If you have a body, you deserve Medicare for all. Amen. Can I also that.
5: say college for all? <laughs> yes. go that
3: in all there. of the story <laughs> too. Because <Yes. laughs> um, I think
5: through this whole pandemic, um, college students have got a horrible end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Like we, yep. a lot of college students, because we um, are not working, we didn't get access to any funding. Um, and even some of the funding that we got through the schools was not like adequate. I think, um, I think for Howard specifically, I think all of the students got like $500 um, in the fall semester to our student accounts. But beyond that, like if you weren't working or if you're you know, surviving through your parents because you're under 18, they didn't get any additional funding for you as their child, even though they're helping you through school. And if you weren't working somewhere full-time or even part-time, and they cut your hours back or you end up unemployed it's it's there's a lot of my um there's a lot of my colleagues at howard that really struggled through the semester or couldn't even come back uh for the past semester so um they they really did not do a good job of helping college students specifically Um, through this pandemic, we, we were in a, a weird in-between phase where sure. we're not, you know, we're not parents. We're not a lot of college students aren't full full time employees because we're in school, but also we're not under 18. So we're not children either. So um, yeah. we got we got a really short end of the stick. It, it was it was hell last
3: semester yeah we got to deal with unintended consequences and sometimes let's be honest some of these consequences are intended but thank you erica for reminding us about some of the gaps that policy needs to fix we got to find the fix and that's why i'm a staunch advocate for the two thousand dollars two thousand dollars a month
6: until we get through this
3: pandemic retroactive till we get through this damn pandemic protections for workers pay sick leave you name it and medicare for all so our moral the story for this particular segment of our COVID series is college for all and medicare for all dr medicare for all victoria dooley we love you darling erica england at the sunrise of her life, her career, her professionalism, the sky is the limit, to be young, to be black, and to be gifted. Erica fits that. She is somebody that cares about people in general. I call her humanitarian, as we all are. All the ladies right now that we are having this conversation about COVID, we are all humanitarians. And so from us to you, understand the facts. It's okay to be fearful just know we're going to get through this together and everybody has a role to play government individuals communities and the world until next time hello somebody on the next episode of our COVID series we will hear from cliff lewis i send the information down to my unit to the sergeant Um, of course at that point he's like oh you know we don't necessarily believe you we need some more information that's just urgent care it could be anything who experienced COVID and navigated the healthcare system through that experience definitely a little bit of a struggle Um, you know your mind tells your body that you can go then your body says no you can't this is an episode you will not want to miss Hello Somebody is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. A new season of Bridgerton is
0: here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season 3 of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
1: Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA,